Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original I keep trying to have this optimistic outlook is that I, I hope and I, I do. There is a part of me that believes that somehow some good will come out of this. And that's just how I'm trying to frame this in my mind. That's all we can hope for. Yeah. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Margaret Cho. Today, we have a, a guest that I'm so excited about. He is a podcaster. He is a really cool musician. He is my friend. We have Tony Thaxton. Do you have um, uh, popsicles on your shirt? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, that was, that's very summer refreshing. Thank you. You know, I... I uh... So with with all of everything that's going on, you know, not leaving the house, I need to get like actually like get up, take a shower, get dressed, not wear pajamas all day. It like right. it mentally it just helps me. I know some people can do that, I can't do that. And I needed to No, I uh, agree. So I had to go that route and then today I was like, "You know what? I'm going to go an extra step and put a collared shirt on." And I feel even better. Oh, good for you. Yeah. (laughs) I know. It's a nice little, you know, it's a nice little touch. And it does feel, I mean, it is, it is practically, um, it feels like July. Yeah. It's, uh, I know. I hope this is not going to last. It got way too hot very quickly. It's very strange, but it's, I mean, it's welcome, I guess. It was so rainy and crazy, but I, I moved my, um, office outside because I needed some other environments. That's how I, um kind of I'm trying to stave off uh, my cabin fever is um, changing around my uh, living arrangements. Yep. Because it's like such a strange thing to be in the same kind of groundhog day every day. You know, it's so yeah, weird. Absolutely. Yeah, I did that. Uh, the same. I've been trying to do that and I'm still considering, yeah, just like rearranging some furniture and stuff like where I'm sitting right now used to be over to my left and now I've moved it here and yeah, trying to just same thing. Like sometimes I'll work in my living room. Sometimes I work in my office. I, yeah, I'm just I'm finding I'm having to mix it up more than I ever had to in the past. But what's good is you're still able to record and yeah. you're still able to do that. You know, and and that's I mean that's a real blessing. And people are needing to listen to podcasts more than ever. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm 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 very lucky that I'm able to continue working through this. Uh, you know, it's, it's really only been affected logistically for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. you know, because all the recordings are like this now. 
Um, but then like with my show, Bizarre Albums that I do, the that's not really affected because I don't normally have guests on anyways. So it's just all mm-hmm. me researching and then telling the story and presenting this thing. Um, so that's like, you know, that really was not affected at all, which is even better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to still be able to have this work, but I do miss the uh, in-person... It's just not like while this works, it's just not quite the same. You know, it just feels a little, little off. It's becoming more normal, uh, which I think yeah. is good and bad at the same time. Well, it is like, but I find myself like I, um, I've been doing now. I've been doing the um, this recording, uh, podcasting for a bit, and then also doing a lot of um, business meetings on Zoom and. Um, Skype and, and different kinds of things like that. And it's becoming more normal. And I mean, I think with show business, people are just really desperate to work. And um, I think like just in entertainment in general, there's such a need uh, to do something because people just can't imagine staying uh, dormant for long. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's too much at stake. There's too many um, high stakes. There's too much uh, that's needed to be done. And people we don't have a way to uh, just stay inactive. So we have to just keep moving. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know where you are with this, but the biggest thing for me, and again, glad to have the work and it's, it's, it's good. And I've got plenty of things to keep me busy, but uh, my focus is terrible these days. And like everything takes me at least three times as long as it should. Um, And I, I, I don't know. That seems, that's a, a lot of people that I've talked to have been experiencing that same thing. Has that been an issue for you at all? Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, I couldn't like I had some real problems like reading yeah. and I had to like stop reading um, anything that was r- too uh, obtuse and difficult and dense. It's it's a struggle, you know, because I can't really um, like I, like people are like binging Ozark and shit. I'm like, I can't handle yeah shit it's really hard like uh, just to focus on a story or anything like um to get lost in things like i you know like i would like to but um i'm just i'm having trouble focusing on things and um or following things like i'm just um my mind is someplace else yeah same and lost yeah and i think so many people are i i don't know i i've heard people say they're not having that problem and I don't know if I believe them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's just because we're all going through this. I know that's been a thing, too, is that some people feel bad, like they feel like they're not allowed to feel bad right now because they're like, I know so many people have it much worse. I'm I'm lucky right now. This could be so much worse. But like, this is still a pretty traumatic thing that we're all experiencing right now. Yeah. I mean, what is it, what is it an affective? Is it an affective, like, depression or is it like i mean i don't know i feel like well i'm 51 so i think um what i'm experiencing is some sort of a ptsd from watching movies in the mid to late 80s about um the second cold war which would be the day after uh, testament or threads which was about the uh, second nuclear holocaust mm-hmm. after the um Russian uh, nuclear holocaust, supposedly that they would be destroying the United States and um, we'd be living in underground bunkers 
a la Donald Fagan's The Nightfly or uh-huh. whatever, <laughs> whatever, you know, um, atomic, uh, whatever, atomic cafe kind of style. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing of uh, like going into that kind of like headspace of like, this is the end of the world is not a good way to go about it. Like it, you know, that there's like the different ways of um, approaching it. It's like either going like head all, full on into we're all going to die or nothing's going on. That's bad. Everything's fine. Yeah. Either way. It's like, I don't know if that either way is like the right way, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think any of us know what the right way is right now. There is no right way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just maybe carrying on whatever feels right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which has, you know, in it's a struggle even figuring that out. Uh, and I, I felt like I had been doing a lot better. I felt like I'd kind of turned to this corner where I was kind of adapting and getting a little more used to this being the normal, at least for now and probably for a while. But, uh, but then it'll just, like yesterday, I'd, be, I'd done good for like two weeks, two or three weeks or something. I'd been like actually like really feeling better or at least ad- adjusting. And then yesterday, nothing, nothing happened. Like nothing mm-hmm. bad came my way or anything. And just, it was just like something just hit me out of nowhere. And I just was terrible yesterday. Like had just, just such a worse day, a uh, terrible day. And, and what I couldn't focus at all. And I had a bunch of work to do and I, I got some of it done. It took me forever. Then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just get out. I'm going to just go for a drive. Cause in, in the past that's, that's helped me a little bit just to just go drive around a little bit. And, uh, I tried that yesterday and it actually I think it sort of backfired. I was I was already not great and then going just going around and seeing everything so empty and just seeing businesses closed uh and mm. and just and then even too like places that uh have been around forever and that you know are already they already know they're not coming back and like you see the like building for lease signs up or something like that. And it just, Oh yeah. Yeah. It, uh, my plan backfired. It it made me feel worse. I think. (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's very, that whole thing is very strange. I I heard about the troubadour, which is very sad, which may be going away. You, those kinds of things, those, those sorts of venues are like really struggling, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a, that's an awful thing to think about. Like, you know, those um, music venues that we love so much, you know, that yeah. that's a really important one. Totally. I, I really love that, that place and all of the, the great power pop that I would go see there. Mm-hmm. I mean, from my earliest days of, of um, coming to LA, I, I would go see so many people there. Um, I, re- I would go there like years ago uh, with like Red Cross and, you know, my first, first days in LA, uh-huh. but, um, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I was like, Oh man, it's the one place that I, I thought I would never, I would never imagine that that place closing. Right. Yeah. That's the thing with so much of this is, is that like so many things that we've just taken for granted, uh, <laughs> that just like, Oh yeah, that's going to be around forever. Like I don't, I'm not even thinking twice about that, you know, cause you don't even have that thought because it's just such a thing. It's so crazy. It's so bizarre. It's like the the whole thing of like, I mean, I don't know. I I really hope that we can just bounce back. I mean, maybe it'll be better. Maybe everything will be better after 
maybe things will be better. That's my hope. I keep trying to have this optimistic outlook is that I, I hope and I, I do. There is a part of me that believes that somehow some good will come out of this. That's, mm-hmm. that's my biggest hope. And that's just how I'm trying to frame this in my mind. That it'll be better than better. Yeah. It'll be better and better and better. I mean, that's that's all we can hope for. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Because otherwise, if, yeah, from not having that optimistic outlook, then it's just, it feels terrible. So you got to try and think positive about this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Are we talking about this too much? I don't know how much you normally get into this. Or if you no, 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 no. We, we, because it's a big, it's a big deal. Right. But I mean, it's certainly. I think it's like it's it's on everybody's mind. So it's on my mind a lot. Yeah, of course. Right. And I mean, it's like what is um, what is on uh, everybody's mind. It's like you can't escape it, and um, it's also. I think it's generational. It's also something that. It's like, you know, it, 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 it's sort of like what affects me because like it's sort of like what every what what do we do? Like, what do we what do we do with our lives? Like, it's a kind of like I, I, I mean, as a touring artist, mm-hmm. as you know, yeah, what do we what do we do? Yeah. But you guys like you guys were just we were you were just on tour. Yeah. And so then you finished your tour like right at the uh at the at the beginning of this, pretty much. I mean, it's like so. So you guys, you were just you were on tour, and then you finished like in February. Yeah, it finished uh, mid February was when it was all done. So like, I think mm-hmm. if I remember right, yeah, you're hearing rumblings about this from like other countries, but you know, like I feel like we always do here, like oh, we're we're gonna be fine, and you just yeah, uh, and you know, here we are. But yeah, I'm so, mm-hmm. uh, I feel so fortunate that the tour was when it was because, uh, that was our first tour in, in several years. Uh, we had stopped, we basically broke up in 2016 and then decided mm-hmm. to do a little, little run this year. And, uh, you know, it was months and months of building this up and, uh, ticket sales went great and we knew this ahead of time and we're feeling really good about the tour it seemed like january was kind of a weird time to to tour but because usually not a lot of tours are going on during that time because it's such a bad time to be traveling on icy roads you know uh yeah but now in retrospect i'm like oh my god i'm so glad the tour was when it was perfect yeah yeah it's perfect yeah so very very lucky with that because that was uh so much fun and it went beyond our expectations um and we were supposed to be going to the uk later this month uh for a couple festival shows there obviously those aren't happening but beyond that uh as far as that side of life is going like it didn't affect it you know we got we got that out of the way mostly uh before yeah so who knows um yeah, and like same thing, like we were talking, like the troubadour and everything. You know, so many of the things like that that you take for granted of like these venues you like, or even just playing a show. Just do it. Like, yeah, I don't know when I'm gonna get to play a show again. And I know it's I know. really weird because I sure I've had that maybe in the past, just with like like I left the band for a few years at one point, and I just kind of wanted to not do that for a bit, and. uh you know, you have these moments of like, oh, I'm not sure what the next thing is for me, but like this being just this whole thing. Oh, it's not only I don't know when I'm going to play a show again. It's everybody has that same yeah. feeling. And 
having that go away does i don't know how you're feeling about that but like it's a pretty even though that's not really my full-time deal anymore music Mm -hmm. uh to just kind of have that taken away is is scary and i and i don't like it because that's such a it's been a gigantic part of my life forever yeah Yeah. it's a really part it's a really huge part of my existence and it's such a very strange very daunting kind of prospect um i was supposed to spend almost the entirety of may on the road and so it's very like it's very strange um yeah like right now i was gonna do um an entire a huge tour and then i was gonna be in um, australia and japan all of uh june um in july and so it's like very it's like so weird so i I'm trying to figure out like what it's going to look like, you know, yeah. like what, and I was Yeah. I was going to go to, um, and then in June I was going to do a big thing in like, uh, uh, North Carolina and do, um, a tour of the Moog factory. Oh, nice. <laughs> and really, uh-huh. really figure out how to use that goddamn grandmother. <laughs> oh, right. But, I thought you were telling me about that. Yeah. It's such a very strange instrument. At least I have some really good quality time with the Moog grandmother, uh-huh. which is such a weird instrument. I I have uh, had um, some quality time with uh, my Mellotron and my Moog grandmother. You know, one thing that the quarantine has taught me is to really understand that the synthesizer, that the Moog grandmother is not a piano. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I I know we talked about this a little before. Uh, I don't know this specifically the grandmother, uh, but... uh, yeah, in general, they're they're super fun to play with. But yeah, you definitely because is that also is that mono or um, it's not poly, is it? Like you can't do multiple notes at the same time, or can you? I don't know, but it's a bunch of um, what it is is a bunch of it's like a bunch of tubes, and it's like a I thought it was like a piano. Uh-huh. I I really had no idea or understanding what a moog was, except I thought it was like a piano. And I was so wrong. Yeah. It's like a robot. It's right. like a robot with a bunch of tubes and a bunch of like um, jacks and uh, wires. And then you oh, put so it in. It and it even you... has all of that. It's like old yeah. school. Okay. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I covered a record on my show called Plantasia. Do you know about this record? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, it is. It's crazy because it's, it's all, it's nothing but 
synthesizer music and like Moog's uh, specifically. And uh, it was this guy Mort Garson who made this whole record. Um, and it it's it's actually it's it's pretty cool. Like because it, again, it's nothing but synth, and it's just the the funny thing about it is the record was made literally intended for plants. Oh, like it's supposed to be uh-huh. music for plants, right? Because okay. I guess at yeah, the yeah. time there was some new research because it came out in seventy six, I think, some, some mm-hmm. late seventies somewhere, uh, mm-hmm. and there had been some some research that was shown that like plants could respond well to music. So this guy right. made this whole right. synth album called Plantasia, um, mm-hmm. and it's 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 cool. Like especially if you're if you're uh, interested in the Moog and everything, it's a it's a it's a cool record to check out. Well, I definitely agree. I think that there was like a long time movement where you would speak to your plants or talk to your plants. I mean, that is like, uh, that makes sense too, because it's really like an oxygen exchange. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, what is it? That's like photosynthesis, right? It's like you're talking to your plants, so you're exchanging oxygen with them anyway. Right. So, uh, I mean, uh, vibration uh, from music would also be sort of the same thing. So... Yeah. Plantasia is a perfect thing to do for them. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. So Yeah. And what is that um uh what is that other one? There was another um Switched on Bach is another yes. album that's uh-huh. a synthesized um it's all synthesized Bach. Yeah. And I think, I think that was kind of the first one or that's at least the the one that kind of got it a little more into the just public consciousness kind of I guess. Uh, for lack of a better way of putting that. Because, uh, yeah, I think that record actually surprisingly sold well. And I think that was like what kind of mm-hmm. got a lot more people like noticing the synth as like a usable instrument. Yes. Yeah. But I, I got the one that I got because I uh, was listening to Trent Reznor go on and on about how lo- how much he loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, um, he had one and he uh, was really in you know, in love with it. And then I started listening to this one Nine Inch Nails song that I really like called A Perfect Drug, which yeah. I think is a really perfect song. song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a really, um, there's something about the way that it's so atonal and it, it's actually just like a perfect song. It's like, I, I think that a lot of Nine Inch Nails is really hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't really, um, I can't figure out how he makes it, but that one song is like a perfect encapsulation of what he does. Yeah. So I love it. And in a pop way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he just kept talking about how he made that song on the grandmother. And so I was like, oh, 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 and I got it. And I'm like, I can't figure it out. <laughs> I can't figure out what patches and cables. I'm like, ah, so crazy. It's so crazy. So, it, But it's really cool. Is this, uh, again, I think I had looked it up at one point, but I can't remember now. So is the grandmother, is that something they, is this old or is this one that they are still currently making? Like, do you have a new one or an old one? I have a new one, but okay. it's the one that it's one that they've reproduced. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what um, what 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 instruments do you have there with you or at your place? Uh, well, here I have I do have some drums here, but it's I'm in an apartment. You know, I, I my upstairs neighbors wouldn't like that very much if I had. Mm-hmm. So I have drums here, but I I I have them set up with like. Every, making them super dead and I have these like special quiet symbols and use the little hot rod sticks to play quietly um, and it's not really my favorite way of playing but it's how I can play here and I have some electronic mm. drums here as well but I and those can work in a pinch for recordings um, but 
I just I hate playing them though. Uh, they're just they're a quick solution for something, but just playing electronic drums when you're so used to real drums, they just never feel the same. They just don't react totally the way you want them to. So those are like my emergency. I gotta record something quick drums. Uh, but mm-hmm. then yeah, I also have uh, just. Nothing crazy, because uh, I mostly just, you know, use, when I'm recording at home, I just basically use Logic and use a lot of the, the sounds that they have built in. So, you know, I just have like a, a Telecaster and then a, just a cheap uh, Fender acoustic guitar and then a, a bass. I have like a Hofner Beetle bass, uh, which, are, oh, nice. which are very fun to play if you've never played one. Wow. I used to have one of those, um, and so I think it's a 64... Hoffner Paisley, um, it was like a six string electric. It was like a weird Paisley kind of cover, uh, um, but I don't have it here. I have like a nice, I think it's like a 1958 telly, like a blue, like a baby blue telly. Uh-huh. Um, and then I have uh, what I've been playing a lot, which I think is really weird, is um, is a 12 string Griffin, which is like okay. a um, tiny. Uh, it's kind of like a, a it's like a weird it's almost like a mandolin but it's a 12 string guitar it's very high weird. it's like tuned in like g it's okay. tuning it's very strange but it's a very um it, it sticks like a six string mandolin interesting yeah i don't i don't it's nice. maybe if i saw it i would it would ring a bell but yeah i don't know if i know yeah. anything about that that's crazy have you heard things that like you're like this is so good i actually really like the um the uh uh, Richard Simmons record. <laughs> I know those songs are surprisingly good. That's kind of been. There's been a few records that I've covered that have surprised me. Of like, wait, why does this exist? And then I listen to it and I'm like, you know, this isn't bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And that Richard Simmons record is is near the top of the list there. Like, there's a few that are kind of just you know him yelling, tell, explain, you know, workout routines. But like, some of them are legit songs uh, that are super. Like, there's there was a song on it called "Don't Tell Me." And that song would not leave my head for weeks after I covered that album. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was, uh, all the songs were written by, well, this is the thing with these weird celebrity albums is they always have really legitimate people working on them, like either writing the songs and or just like these killer session musicians on top of that. And so I know that um, the songs on that Richard Simmons record were written by, I might get this wrong, but I think her name is was Allie Willis. I know she passed away recently. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, she she's wrote... a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she just pa- she. I I saw her right before she died. I saw her in October. She died at Christmas. Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, she she wrote um, September. Yeah, and she wrote um, Neutron friend, Dance and the Friends theme. <laughs> yeah, she wrote um, she wrote a lot of um, you know a, a lot of uh, Earth Wind and Fire songs. She wrote a lot of um, the Pointer Sister songs. Yeah. I mean she. She wrote a, ma- a majority of like a lot of the funk and like disco songs that yeah. I mean, she was an amazing, amazing uh, writer and um, just a, just a really f- real kook of a, a real funny live wire yeah. of a lady. I've, w- I've watched real some interviews funny. with her and yeah, totally. Do you, uh, she was real fun. Did uh, am I right? And didn't she she didn't play instruments though, right? I, th- I think she did. I mean, but she wasn't like very. I mean, that wasn't sort of her strong point. She sort mm-hmm. of did everything, but right. not that wasn't sort of like it. It was she sort of was everything. Like you know, but that wasn't like she wasn't a performer. Yeah, you know, like that that wasn't her strength. Yeah, 
I'm always fascinated though by that when you hear of certain artists that wrote certain songs, but they are not. No, you've like never like Michael Jackson is an example for me of like you know all these songs that he wrote, but like I've never once seen any footage of him ever touching an instrument, and I'm just curious mm-hmm. how how that songwriting process works if you don't play anything. Yeah, I think that like they would just sort of like know how to sound it out. I heard that he would be able to like play things and like kind of like do it, but then he would like give it give sort of like map them out on right. like an instrument and then like, give it to like a sessions player to really do it. Yeah. That would I that imagine you would have to be able to do it like to some degree. Yeah. That's that's what I you would know? assume as well. Or or maybe they are just they just they can play, they just choose not to when actually performing. I don't know. But that yeah, that's just always a thing I've I've wondered. I I feel like what you're saying is is got to be at least close to what was going on if not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would do like I'm not the best player, but I will sort of like sketch it out for somebody and then they'll, you know, give it to the sessions people to play it. Yeah. Only people that are like really like determined to make you play on your record, like John Bryan would like make me play uh-huh. on record because oh, wow. out of you principle. Yeah. He's like out of principle. You have to play. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, but then if you play, if you if you playing with him, you have to play it like 50 times. Right. And it's got to be perfect, which is like, of course, you're, if you're playing with it, you know, yeah. if he's producing, you have to be perfect. Yeah. But I, I, I think, you know, it's like I would always rather give it to the wrecking crew. Right. Yeah. Give it to Carol Kay to play. Right. <laughs> I don't want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. That's what's so crazy, too, is how many on all these weird records, too, is, yeah, the, the wrecking crew on so many of those albums and... uh and then the almost even more so, at least on these weird records, is the Tower of Power horns. They are on everything. Oh, everything. Yeah. That's what I would, I would, if I could have a uh, Tower of Power, if I could have a rhythm section and, and horns and strings mm-hmm. on everything, I would be set. Like if I could write songs uh, like Paul Williams and have a. Um, strings and a tower power horns i would be so set yeah <laughs> it's it's it is it's really fun like i've i've gotten to play with some horn sections before and it's it, there is something about it it's just like this new element that you're not used to and when it when they're right there and like as a drummer they're usually kind of like right next to me and uh mm-hmm. it's yeah there's something about it that's uh it's it makes it adds this new element of fun to it and and uh also, horns surprisingly loud. I feel like drummers drummers always get the uh, the bad rap for being so loud, but horns are loud. Horns and strings. Strings are like strings add um, so much emotion mm-hmm. that you just you just uh, you're like oh you know it's it's just another um, it's it's almost like a uh, it's like a drum riser or it's like a, it's like it's like almost being elevated. It's like if you're like you know. Uh, Drum rise rises from this, you know, <laughs> right. elevation. Yeah, it feels so good. For sure. Now, um, we uh, unfortunately we I could talk to you all day, but we have to go. But I want to let people know about where and where they can find you and your podcast and all the things that you do. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just first of all at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but yeah, my band is Motion City Soundtrack. Recently 
reunited, but uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going on from there? Uh, and I also play drums in uh, Don't Stop or We'll Die. This is a comedy band with uh, Paul Rust from uh, Netflix's Love, if you know that show. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, my podcast is Bizarre Albums, where every week I uh, get into a do they're just like short 15 20 minute episodes that i uh, do a ton of research for and just i'm never making fun of these weird albums uh i just want to like explore why how and why they happen so it's always like records by actors athletes fictional characters or or sometimes just like a band put out like a really strange record that was completely different than everything else they put out and confused lots of people and i've just i've always been fascinated by that kind of stuff so uh so i made a show about it and then, uh, yeah, that's kind of a bit. And then I'm also the on-air producer for uh, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Well, thank you, Tony. <laughs> thank you. I'm sorry I'm for so how glad long we my plugs to... were. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. And thank you. Um, I hope I get to see you soon. I hope so, too. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Tracy Levy and original music by Garrison Starr. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 